Live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Live brunch. Live brunch. Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch uh, with Joel Virgo and Christine Lydiard. Uh, we're, we're kind of on the back foot because Joel was just rebuking me, speaking the, the truth to me in love. <laughs> and then we realized, oh, right, we're going live. And so the intro video is on. Um, Joel, do you want to do a quick 30-second summary of uh, your talk on truthfulness? I, the, the guts of it is that Jesus is, is full of grace and truth. And so his, his body, the, the church... Um, will be as well. That's, and that's, so what we see in Jesus is going to gradually become more and more what we're like if, if we belong to him. And that's what we, that's what we aim for. That's what we, we, we want to become. So we learn to speak the truth like he would, but we learn to love people like he would. And doing those two together is, is the key. Brilliant. Um, I've been reading, as you, you recommended to some of us at the start of the year, get into the Bible, get into theology, get into systematic theology, and I've been reading Calvin's Institutes. Mm. And at the, at the start of you the... you finished them yet? No, I haven't. I'm, I'm really close to finishing the first chapter. Good for you. <laughs> good. But You're on course for the year. That's I am good. on course for the year. Um, at, at one of the, the, his first chapter really talks about the knowledge of God. Yeah. And the knowledge of God isn't just cold, cerebral knowledge of, or rather an acknowledgement of who God is, but it's it's knowledge that warms the heart and it's knowledge of God that leads to worship. And I think just understanding the whole grace and truth and, and Jesus is described as one who came um, in grace and love um, uh, is that when we communicate the truth with grace and the truth in love, it does warm our hearts towards who God is. It does draw us back into worship. It does draw us, us back to him. And, and that's really helped me in my perspective on, on communicating truth, because often we can communicate the truth and say, right, I, I want to correct the wrong. I want to bring you to a place of, of rightfulness. Yeah. Uh, but also then acknowledging that now I want to lead you to a place of not just rightfulness and truthfulness, but to a place of worship. Yes. yes. And I think that's really helped me in, in how, I've, how you communicate and the attitude of communicating truth to I don't know, I just I saw I chuck that in. That's so good. Add to your so preach as I, as I like doing uh, every time you preach. Start. Love it. Really good. Um, just to kick us off with, with some questions. One of the questions that's come in is often we hear the mantra of don't have negative people in your life. Mm. Um, to what extent is that good advice? Uh, I mean, is too much negativity in the guise of truth? That probably isn't going to be helpful to us. So what would you say to that? I think that the... The premise of the comment, you know, where it comes from, where the, uh, the root of it is the, is the interesting thing. Don't have too many negative people. Don't you know, cut the negative people out of your life is uh, fairly typical advice for an individualistic culture, which is what we, we're swimming in all the time. Whether we realize it or not, um, that's, that's the, the, the fish bowl, the fish tank that we swim in, is a, is a world where it's assumed that we are primarily individuals 
whose main goal is self-fulfillment. Um, and if that were the truth, if that were the final truth, if, the, if that were the sort of the, the, the truth that wins, um, I would think it would be excellent advice. You know, cut the negative people out of your life. Amen. You know, if, <laughs> if the world is basically about me and my fulfillment, me and my sense of fulfillment, my sense of my ego being uh, properly entitled and fulfilled, you know, then that's, that's, that's fine. I agree with it completely. Now, the point is that, that Jesus comes into the world with a, a very different idea of what wins, what's the winning truth, what is the most important thing. And his vision for human existence is not individual self-fulfillment. Uh, his vision for us is a, a, a community that have been brought alive together in his death and resurrection by the Holy Spirit to build one another up. And so we, f and we find our <laughs> truest fulfillment not in seeking it, but we find it in loving one another and, and, and being together is actually better for us. And so, so sure, there are people whose propensity and personality is such that they are more negative than others are at the moment. In their life, they might be a bit of a voice of negativity. And there may be some skills that we need to learn how to not, not allow uh, that voice to hurt us or harm us in, a, in, a, in, in any way. Um, but it, it doesn't give us permission to sort of just cut and run and to make our individual career path or our, our, our sort of personal development plan the final authority. I haven't got that permission. If I belong to Jesus, I belong to his people. I really do. I can't, I can't change that. I can't tell you the number of times in my life I've wished I could because there are negative people in the church and you kind of think, oh man, soon I'll be rid of you. And then you realise, wait a minute, maybe I'm one of them. Uh, what makes me think that I'm Mr. Positive? I know I've been meaning to say that to you for a while. But well, yeah, let's, let's <laughs> do this. Let's do this now. Um, and so I, 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 I have to come to realise, no, it just doesn't work. It's... it's, it's um, it's gonna, I'm going to have to think of this a little differently. So there may be something in just kind of, yeah, if there is someone who, in your life where there, there's, a, there's a degree of control they've got you because you're actually frightened of them, you've allowed fear, or, or those kinds of things are real and we need help and we need to make good decisions and sometimes there's a certain cutting out of people. Certainly. Yeah. We can come back to that. I mean, Jesus clearly occupied his time with some people more than with others. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. And we need to be honest mm. and clear about that, but for the right reason, not for the selfish mm. reason. Yeah, anything you would like to add to that, Christine? Well, well I think it's a matter of balance as well, isn't it? <clears throat> and that, um, yes, we are called to speak the truth in love to one another, but that's not to be our whole mission in life. And our, we're going to have people speaking lots of different things to us. So I think if, if there's an issue of balance where one particular person is always uh, negative towards us, then we might need to think about that relationship and how we are going to put boundaries, helpful boundaries, around mm. ourselves. Because I think that... This kind of thing, this speaking truth in love, has to be done in a relationship of trust mm. and reciprocity. Mm. Um, so if there's just somebody who's just always negative towards you, I don't think that's necessarily what Joel's been talking about. Mm. I just want to touch on the thing that he said about the whole relationship of trust. And this is, I guess, a question to you as, as our church pastor is... Um, 
you could be when you when you're on the receiving end of maybe some correction or some criticism or, or I guess negative uh, feedback. Um, it's quite, you, you find yourself almost emotionally so upset that you're like, oh, I, just, I want to leave the church and I want to get away from, from church and I want to get away from these negative people because how dare they speak this into my life. And I know I've been in that place where um, an elder or one of my pastors has come to me and, and brought <laughs> in rebuke. And my, 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 my first response has been, I'm leaving, I'm done, I don't, I don't want to. And by God's mercy, I, I, I haven't. What would you say to people who have probably heard something critical or negative and are feeling like, no, I don't want to be a part of this thing anymore? I, 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 there's so many things. I, I, I think you, you may need to just, I certainly wouldn't make an immediate decision like that anyway, um, because you, you, your first response to somebody's correction is always going to be um, tinged with discomfort, and uh, and it's even pretty likely that it will there'll be a certain kind of temptation towards resentment and anger, um, and that's going that, that's kind of unavoidable. I don't think there's a way around that. I think if 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 it always feels when somebody confronts us every single time that ever happens that we feel actually all we've received is a nice big warm hug. Mm -hmm. um, some people will say that, so even when they tell you off, it feels like they're hugging you. And that's, that's I love that. It's not, it's, what a gift if you've got people like that in the church. But sorry, we're not all going to be like that. We're not going to be that good at it. If we wait till everybody is that tender before anyone's allowed to, um, we'll, we'll never get there. So, so and it's interesting, even the, the very following chapter in, in Proverbs, is, in chapter 28, is a verse... Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. And the, the, the key word is afterward, because there's a delay, right? Um, whenever I've tried to correct somebody, I've, I've had to accept that the gratification doesn't come during the correction. Yeah. If it does, then I'm in trouble. Yeah. If I get pleasure out of correcting people, then I'm probably a little bit dangerous. Um, it should be that it makes me feel, oh, I don't want to do this. And it should be that the person that receives it should feel a little bit of a sense of, oh, wow, I need to think about this. I need to do That's never going to be pleasant. You know, in Hebrews 12, uh, it's that, that passage about, you know, dis no discipline receipt seems pleasant at the time. Um, so there's a time factor. And I just would say to people, don't make dumb decisions. Mm. Don't, don't, don't. If you feel like you've been told off, you feel like it's been a bit, maybe you even feel like it's been a little bit too hard. Mm. That could happen. No, no question. No, again, it says in Hebrews, it says, you know, our fathers disciplined us as they saw fit. So what does it mean? It means they get it wrong. Mm. They're not, mm. There's not a perfect way to do it. There's ways, and sometimes it's both are right, but they're different. Some dads will do it differently than others, you know, and, and different, some confronters will do it differently. We, we don't want to get into such a textbook thing that, it, that, it, that there's, there's only well, there's a kind of perfectionism that creeps in. And so we just got to allow for that. And that means time and reflection. And maybe you, you come back to it after a season, you say, okay, I think that what that person said was going to be a mixture of things that I didn't quite like for the right reasons, some things I didn't like because they were true. Mm. And, 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 I, and it takes time. So I would, that would be my biggest immediate answer. Yeah. Do not 
rush into a really rash decision. Brilliant. Because, and that would be too typical, too common, even for Christians, sadly. Yeah. Yeah. The, in Romans, it, it talks about how there's, man has no excuse because God has made himself known to him. But we, we then find that we, if we start off with a knowledge of who God is and then gradually drift and drift and drift and drift away, from our knowledge of who God is and mm. ultimately get to a point where we're, we're surrounded by lots of people who would say that I don't acknowledge that God exists. Is, is the discipline and, and the correction is, the, is what protects us from drifting away from who God is, mm. which is why it's so important in church. And even though it is, hearing the truth in love is, is, is painful in the moment, mm. the consequences of not hearing the truth in love could be significant drift away from God. Mm. And I, I found that personally is when I have those questions about is being in church the right place to be, the flip side is, man, I don't want that sort of lifestyle where I don't want to be, where I'm not in church and I'm drifting away from who God is. Mm. And I, so I guess, I'm, I guess I'm trying to say is that there's the weight of discipling people in love is massive mm. because we don't want to see people drift away from church. Mm. We don't want to see them... Uh, let hurt and let resentment get in the way of their walk with God, which I think yeah. is, is significant, yeah. I isn't think it? We need, really, really need to be sure about our motivation when we're speaking to people and feel that we need to talk to them and certainly would want to pray about something mm. uh, before speaking to someone mm. and just thinking about our own motives. Mm. Um, yeah. Am I really wanting this person's growth. Is oh, this super. why I'm saying this? That's superb. Because I think sometimes we can see something that irks us or yeah. we're not so keen on, mm. and maybe that's personal preference because mm. somebody just, you know, annoys mm. us. Mm. Well, then we really have to question, is this the right thing to say? Yeah. Whereas if I think, if I say this to this person, it might mean they'll really be able to move on in this area then I think that that actually is a better way to... Yeah. So pray about it, Brilliant. think about your own motivation before sharing with someone. Let's do some practical questions. So for people who may be looking I at... I thought you were going to say, let's do some... Let's do some <laughs> I know, I, I, I'm quite let's do a workshop here. right now. A, a demonstration of how we could um, bring the truth in love. That is not a bad shout. But I feel like in this moment, we might go to a dangerous place. Um, what would be some good ways to bring the truth in love. Uh, I love what you said, pray about it, make sure your motives are, are in the right place. Are there any other things that you would say, hey, if this is how you want to get better at doing this, I'd recommend you did this. Um, I, I think being able to, I, I, I'd probably want to linger on Christine's point in terms of what's the motive behind it. If I, if I, um, if I get this point right, that there's a, the goal is this. Let's, go, let's use this Ephesians four passage that that, um, that kind of. How do you open these verses so quickly? Oh, because I, I have my I have a sticker uh, in there. Okay. I st yeah, I, I cheat. Okay. Because you know, it was in my I was going to preach from it, but I ran out of time. So I, I so so it's in Ephesians four. It says, um, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the vision that Paul's yeah. got, a body that's building itself up. It's building itself, so it's, it's like Christine's saying that my, the motive behind this is, is, is so much bigger than me being able to get something off my chest. Mm. That is, that is, that is the, the thing that will drive a lot of honesty. 
and a, a lot of people hear a sermon on speaking the truth. <laughs> Frankly, it's not the sermon they need to hear <laughs> because they, they, um, they can't wait to do it. They can't wait. <laughs> Finally, I get to, oh, is that what you're at? Yeah, let's, game on, let's do this. I've been wanting to tell this person, I'm going to stick it to her for ages or to, to whoever. And it's, um, it's really the heart that's, that's, that's completely, it just, you just, you're irrelevant to the whole point, if that's what you're thinking. That, is your, that sermon is not for you. This, the whole vision here is this glorious body that's growing stronger and healthy. And if you hurt, I hurt. If you get damaged, I get damaged. So what's the point mm. in me just rebuking you to get, make myself feel better? Mm. I might feel better, but I've made myself worse because I've actually damaged my body. So it's just, it's like, a, it's like if I, like this hand feels better because it chops off the left hand's fingers. It's like, that's, if we don't get this vision, then we've got no chance. So we start there, then we're able to start down this. And, it, and it, again, it goes against some of the things. So there's a lot of people in the church that are great at speaking the truth. A lot of websites that are very keen on, you know, testifying to the truth and protecting the truth and discerning the truth. Um, they're hateful. <laughs> a lot of them, you know, the, the atmosphere. But like you said at the start of the session about if, if, if the motive is worship, like Calvin's putting it out there, the knowledge of God is intertwined in it irreducibly mixed up with worship. Mm. And it's beautiful. That first section of the Institutes is, is absolutely, it sings off the page. That's exactly right. It's, mm. it's what the knowledge of God is all about, worship. If it's not, then it's not the real knowledge of God. There's a lot of people that think they know God because they know so much doctrine. Mm. But their hearts have been cold for decades. <clears throat> it's dangerous. It's deadly dangerous. And, and it's, 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 so there's a tendency for to speak the truth, to correct this brother, or, oh, no, you've got your daughter. It's, oh, be careful. But there's another way, that's the secular version of it, which is the worshipping of the authentic above every other virtue. So I get to be completely obnoxious with other people in my church because, well, at least I'm being myself, at least I'm being honest, because our culture sub substantially promotes that virtue of authentic being true to self is stellar mm. uh, being measured <laughs> and thinking and doing like christine said and, and praying about it and thinking what's the is is that is like that's not sexy mm. but just saying it like it is you know if you can't deal with it it's your problem girlfriend you know it's like that is not <laughs> that's not the vision that paul's got here um so I think learning to, to, to start thinking, I, I, my, my goal in this is to, is to build you. Brilliant. Um, that, will, that will answer so many questions for us. It does fly in the face of culture at the moment where cancel culture, yeah. that whole thing where you point out people's uh, shortcomings or failures, maybe recently, maybe from 10, 10 years, tweets ago. Mm. Uh, and then the immediate response is not to bring correction, even if the person acknowledges that they've made a mistake and they've got it wrong. But let's get rid of them. Mm. Cancel them. We want nothing to do with this person anymore. We don't hear anything that they say, which does seem quite opposite to what, what speaking the truth and building people up is. Yeah. Uh, and even Peter and Jesus at the end of John, that whole reconciliation moment where Jesus was, was calling him out on, um, on, on Peter's love for him, but it does end with Jesus saying, now go feed my lambs. Yes, and he yes. takes him away to the quiet place and then John kind of follows him yeah. to see what's going on. Uh, and that's such a beautiful example of, yeah. of speaking the yes. truth in love. He's a restored, 
Yeah. So it's people that tell you the truth about you will rob you sometimes of your sense of hope. Mm. Because you've hoped in the thing that you hoped in yourself, and then they correct you, and you thought, oh, what, what, what's left? And to, to be able to do it in a way that makes people at the end of it feel, at the end of the process, not the end of the conversation sometimes, because it's, sometimes it's a few conversations, sometimes it's a few days, maybe, maybe months. That's painful. But in the end, the goal is restoration. The goal is better than before, yeah. like with Peter. God's plans for us are always better than our plans. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it is. So, 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 go on, go on, go on. I just want to say a few practical things. Yeah. I think that um, we, we have to realise that words are very powerful and that they can really hurt people. So we need to think about our words and how we're saying what we're saying. Think about tone mm. so it doesn't come across like a school teacher pointing mm. the finger. Um, but it's more like the, the motherly wisdom. I think mm. um, that's important. Think about standing with the person in it mm. and offering, you know, we're not going to have this conversation um, at the end of the meeting. Oh, by the way, oh, I'm just going now, but by the way, you're like this. <laughs> you know, we're not good in timings important. Mm. Mm. Having the right time, giving per the person time to actually take this on board and actually maybe say, I would really love to help you with this. I'd really love to pray with you about this. And please come back to me. If you feel that this isn't right or you want to talk about it some more, please mm, come back to me. Good. I think you have it's to good. create that framework of a relationship around what's happening yeah. and make it a safe place. And I mean safe in terms of coming back to you and not being afraid of you. Mm. Um, because we, all, we do get things wrong, don't we? And we have to admit that when we do that too. Mm. I think a good leadership thing I came across was commend publicly, correct privately. Yeah. And so you, you go, you're extravagant, you're public with your, when you commend somebody for doing something, but when you want to be slightly critical of what they're doing, do it quietly. Don't do it in front of a group of people or on a Zoom chat with like all the faces looking yeah. in, in at you. Choosing your medium for yes. um, bringing correction is, is important. Yeah. Don't just send an email, don't just send a no, text I because it's face easier. face to face is really important. Um, because you can so often misinterpret, yeah. say, a text or something mm -hmm. like that. I think we've, we have run out of time, so I think just to, to bring this to a close, I, I, I really enjoyed your X-Factor analogy. And when you cringe, when you um, hear Simon Cowell bringing correction, saying you're not who you think you are, you don't sing the way you think you are. But what I find really weird is more often than not, they've got a big circle of friends behind them backstage. And the, 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 sometimes the parents as well, yeah, and they're all yeah, like, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, yeah. she's an amazing singer. I can't be like, yeah. I'm not a judge, and I know that she's not a singer. How have you endorsed yeah. your choice to, yeah. to get publicly humiliated on national yeah. television? Um, and so I think speaking the truth in love is so important yeah. As, yeah. as a friend. If, if you'd just gone up to that person and said, hey, maybe singing is not your thing. Maybe working in the circuses because you know. That's, but I, <laughs> I think there is there. But I think on the the most serious side of that is if if we don't speak the truth to people in love, one day they will stand before a judge, and he will speak the truth yeah. to them. And I, and I think when we get to that point, you know, who knows? Yeah. He knows what what could happen. Yes. So I think it's so important to speak the truth in love. Hey, thank you so much can for. I just, can I have the last word? Just check, well, I, I, the penultimate word. I will give back to you. But have. I, the. Um, um, a good example of this, I finished my sermon and I get a text from my wife saying, you didn't say anything positive about Simon Brading when you announced him being an elder. And I, I, and I, I just, I just realised, yeah, all I did was say something 
ridiculous and said that we'll talk to you more about the, when it's, it's happening. Weird, it? So it's, it's like, um, that's a good example. I mean, my wife's allowed to text me. She's my wife. That's, there's, there's something about, you know, relationships where it's like, you know, don't text me right now if you want to correct me about something like Christine <laughs> said. Think of the right thing. But, but, um, but certainly if you're, you're someone's wife or husband, then there's, there's, there's ways and means. But the main point I wanted to say was just I'm so excited about Simon. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't know if he's in the room, but... He is. Uh, just, just he's texting you. Just delighted about <laughs> this whole thing. And the guy is just one of the greatest men of God I've had the privilege to know. Absolutely. I, I'm, he's just a wonderful man. So thrilled that he's in our church, let alone going to be helping to lead it more and more. It's wonderful for us, wonderful for the city. Keep going, keep going. I think, yeah, I think you're doing really well. Great keep family. going. We're recording all of this. Yeah. I've got myself out of jail is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, I know it's very, very exciting. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll send our details about that um, soon. Um, next week, we've got Stephen Dawson speaking to us. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Not that we've announced it on Live Brunch, he can't back out. <laughs> and we'll have Stephen Dawson on Live Brunch <laughs> next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, have a lovely weekend. See you later. Bye. Bye.